Wilson Hall presents The oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear. Cthulhu, London, New York, Shanghai, Egypt, Australia, Kenya, Cornwall. That is not dead, which can the name's Elias, Jackson Elias, catching up with a friend of mine. The Black Pharaoh, he comes tonight. A globe-trotting race against the darkness. <laughs> now, my friend, you'll feel the lick of the bloody tongue. The Painted Lady, the Black Wind. Is masks of Nialato Tap With Nick Marsh as the keeper of arcane lore. Can you remember, gentlemen, what what on earth was going on? Uh, well, the, the... <laughs> silence. Not as such. Not as such. Let me let me enlighten you. You, your good friend Jackson Lias was eviscerated. Um, by a cult, and it turns out he was a writer. Um, you knew that already. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out oh, that that, 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 that explains it then. Yeah, clearly, yeah, we, we clearly <laughs> weren't such good friends. If it's, they, 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 they only they, just they, come to mind. They, they were simply an organisation of literary critics. <laughs> Very harsh critics. But... Oh, women's institutes, eh? <laughs> and they haven't quite uh, got to evisceration by 1925. The women's institute. Um, so. Uh, you oh, discovered that, that he, through his publisher, Jonah Kensington, um, had uh, thought that there was something tying all the death cults, which he used to write about, uh, in the world together. Um, he'd become obsessed with the idea. And that is uh, when he was killed, when he was trying to tell you this. You um, see, that's a classic sign of delusional thinking. You say, you know, maybe you know, five or ten death cults tied together. You think that's perfectly reasonable. When somebody starts saying all of them, nah. Yeah, then, then you know they've got it, off. It, it's, it's the red-headed conspiracy next. <laughs> Freckled people, they did it all. Um, it turns out that he was right. There was a cult in... Uh, in New York, which you discovered was the cult of the bloody tongue, which had some ties back to Africa. Um, also seemed to have some ties in London because a book that disappeared uh, in uh, from the uh, Harvard Library also disappeared from the British Library. Coincidence? Yes, indeed. No, it's not correct. Oh, spoiler. Sorry. Um, uh, well, if, if he was investigating cults from all, all around the world, the fact that things were happening all around the world is not necessarily going to shock us. Well, it seemed to be they were linked, even though they were worshipping different, disparate deities. And he wrote... Nice in one bit of, his, of alliteration, though. Thank you. Um, he wrote in one of his uh, increasingly crazy letters back to his editor, many names and many forms, but all the same and all towards one end. Um, so you have... <laughs> and they just said, for God's sake, man, will you use the same one so we can file you in the same part of the bookshop? <laughs> <laughs> I did Effective sales. I'll just put it as um, 
uh, adult, uh, young adult and uh, young adult fiction, everyone will be fine. Um, so, oh, that was a that was a cutting. Oh, it wasn't cutting. I'm just gonna I'll just stop there. It wasn't really much of it. It wasn't. What was it? Sobriety? No, definitely wasn't sobriety. Um, I'm gonna skip over that. That was it. Was that probably, a rant? It wasn't was. even a rant. It was just like a Joycean stream of consciousness. <laughs> Still going on. Stuck- have you been stuck in young young adult? Is basically is that what you're trying to tell us? <laughs> yes, there we go. Thank you for rescuing me with a double entendre. Um, well, for God's sake! Um, the other thing you discovered uh, was that Jackson Elias didn't know much about what tied the cults together, but he strongly believed that the potentially ill-fated Carlisle expedition, which left America in 1919 um, for Egypt was the key to what linked all these uh, cults together. The Carlisle Expedition members were, you remember, Roger Carlisle, the young oh, yes. um, playboy. Um, uh, there was that really pervy photo, wasn't there? Or... It's a really weird photo, yeah. Mm. I, I'm not, we've talked about the art style before. I, it's a beautifully put together manuscript. I don't want to diss the author, the the, the Particular illustrator, especially, but all no, his characters look deep ones that have worn someone's but skin. They do, but they do look not necessarily all together. But there is a Carlisle expedition. Roger Carlisle. There mm-hmm. is Robert Houston, the uh, psychoanalyst, psychoanalyst Psych- doctor. Um, there is Jack Brass Brady. Um, the uh, lifelong friend of Roger Carlyle. <laughs> Sorry, lifelong friend of Roger Carlyle and uh, General Factotum. There was Sir Aubrey Penhew, who they picked up in London. Uh, there was a mysterious uh, coloured, uh, sorry, black lady um, who you knew very little about, uh, other than she has been described by Robert Roger Carlyle's sister as that Negro woman, Bonet but you know very little about her otherwise. And the woman at the bottom is Hypatia Masters, a photographer. Who, who does not suffer from that much glaucoma, <laughs> as, as far as we know. <laughs> or indeed hydrocephalus, um, <laughs> simultaneously with um, uh, albinism. Uh, right, okay, just one second. I can't seem to uh, increase my Cthulhu mythos on the character sheet. That's interesting. Hmm. Oh well. Too much sanity? Um, maybe I need to adjust sanity first. So, back to save characters. Update sand points. Oh, ah, it's a separate thing. Update Cthulhu Mythos. Mm. Ah. It has its own, um. Because he can't tick it, I suppose. Thing, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, so I'm on. I'm on 86 sanity, that's quite good. That's not bad at all. Hey, it's not competition, alright. <laughs> <laughs> Where had we left it? You had just, well, we, we, we were trying to right get out of the country, the, I think. The fabled we? Lost episode. Um, you had just um, been down, you had discovered the location of the Cult of the Bloody Tongue, discovered evidence that they were behind Jackson Elias's murder as well as uh, a number of others, and this evidence will hopefully go some way to getting an innocent man out of the grip of old Sparky. At the very least, um, the, the obviously corrupt cop has seen which side his, his uh, wallet is buttered. 
Yes, the obviously corrupt cop um, it got away scot-free, but um, uh, you did manage to do it without getting yourselves in trouble or jeopardising the or uh, freeing of the innocent man. Or, yeah, particularly dead. So you had decided to follow some of the other clues Jackson Elias left behind, and because he had requested you carry on with his research, Jonah Kensington mm. has requested you finish his book, even though Jackson Elias himself, in his death letter, told you all you were shit writers and probably not to bother, which seemed a mm. bit harsh. But... Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Now I'm absolutely... You know, now yeah, the, the heat of action has worn off and everything, I'm not really sure why we're doing anything for Jackson. It's all Ian great. Um, I mean, we've had nothing but trouble from the man, and potentially our lives and, and modest fortunes are at risk. So why don't we just well, knock it on the head and uh, go well, on Well, you all have your own reasons for worrying about death cults. <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows about yours, um, Campion, but you yes, do have do. a strong personal reason. Oh, because Campion came to you after some time in the Bohemian set. I looked up Bohemian, and it basically means... You mean you think, Bauhaus or Bohemia? Because I, I was, I I was hanging around with... Bauhaus. Um, it, I was hanging around with some Bohemians, but yeah. um, it was particularly a woman who worked at the Bauhaus. Yes, well, both. But Bohemian basically means someone who used a utensil for a different reason to to what it was what it was meant for, like combing their hair with a fork or having a cup of tea in a brandy glass. It doesn't quite seem like what I imagined a Bohemian to be, but I, I suppose well, So when you ball. when you heard a scandal in Bohemia you didn't realise it was using the fish knife to butter your bread with. <laughs> <laughs> no, the scandal would be using the butter knife to butter your bread with. Um but um uh, Edwin um, has had some uh, run-ins with uh, mysterious events in the past. In fact, you all have had in uh, Bolivia. I suppose. Yeah. So yeah. the our Bolivia thousands uh, would. Thank you. The the clues you. you had a you had a few loose ends in America. If you wish to tie them up, or you can head on to England. <laughs> the clues which had led you to England were a business card with the Penhue Foundation written on, found in Jackson's hotel room. Uh, Penhue, uh, piquing your interest as it is the surname of one of the prominent members of the Carlisle expedition. Yes, and it's not exactly a common or garden name, is it? Penhue, Penhue. no. No. Mm. I mean, uh, Chumley, and probably you, Campion, would know that he is uh, Penhue. The Penhue family is highly regarded um, almost as highly regarded as Rabbit's Foot's family, um, uh, and he is a peer, or he was a peer of the realm, a sir, um, and, and greatly respected throughout the land. Um, the other clues that had led you to London were merely that you knew the Carlisle expedition had gone there, and um, that uh, Jackson Elias himself, before coming to New York, had left London in rather a hurry. Hmm. We have okay. a couple of people we were recommended to talk to. Uh, yes. And Inspector James Barrington of Scotland Yard. Yes. And a Mickey Marnie or Mahoney, depending on who wrote Mahoney. The, of, of The Scoop. Of The Scoop, a, a rather low-rent uh, gutter press. Uh, you would be aware of uh, uh, trying to keep your family largely out of it, Shumley, uh and, <laughs> and Campion largely not wanting to feature in any of the pages Well, no, pro- prob- probably what happens is, is that the family's uh, doing, doing something else, so they say... Oi, Chumley, go 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 and ha- go and hang around at that that new nightclub thing and make sure they know you're coming. <laughs> right, okay, the decoy. Um, 
uh, and the reason you've been given those names is that you've been given them by Jonah Kensington, who knew by cable that uh, Jackson had visited both of them during his time in London, though you're not sure why or what for. Um, the other things uh, that you hadn't necessarily followed up in America, if you wish to, were a flyer for a lecture on Polynesian death cults um, given by... Yeah, Anthony Cowley. He uh, he's a visiting professor at Arkham University. Yes, yeah. uh, I think that's pretty it's probably much. Worth, it's probably worth popping him. It's probably worth popping him. Jeez, popping and seeing. Him. Ever since he he took the head off that uh, sorcerer, you know, he's been. <laughs> yeah, he's a, they just want to tidy up some loose ends, you know. Don't want to leave anything behind. Um, Okay, oh, no, the th- other th- this thing... is serious rock and roll playing. Eating an orc live on stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other things you have got, you have got a Cthulhu book club running, um, which you may wish to update uh, sometime during this session. You also found a few artifacts um, uh, of unknown providence. Providence. Oh, is I was going to say unknown providence. providence. Tra- travel guides to uh, the... <laughs> Away from uh, the tourist trap uh, of a certain Mr. Lovecraft um, uh, of unknown provenance, um, which you haven't had much of a chance to investigate. It is currently they, um, mostly leopard things. Uh, they were. Uh, I'm sure Roger can furnish you with exactly what they were. Hopefully, I he can because I can't remember which ones he gave. In I that don't case, have the spare laptop handy, so I don't uh, don't have that here. I can tell you what you found: a carved wooden African mask with four hideous faces perched atop a thick corded neck with a basket-like reed feather and fabric cof- uh, collar. You found a burnished copper bowl etched with runes, a carved scepter. Uh, a wooden carved scepter again inset with runes and a headband of grey metal grey metal that's uh, it's strangely it's heavier than it looks so probably not Um, and strangely warm (laughs) Uh, okay as if you've just picked it off the head of someone else which is Slightly disturbing. Uh, um, a bit like shoebriness when you sit on a seat. Somebody's <laughs> exactly. just vacated. It's, it's basically got a strong sense of shoebriness about it. All right. um, the other thing you may or may lead? not recall was that in the basement uh, of the, it's not lead. It's it's too too solid for lead. Might be an alloy with lead in it, but it's too solid. Um, uh, that you had noticed you the green chronometer, which you hadn't pinched, but you noticed the chronometer had been set to GMT. Yeah. Which, of course, is the proper time for a remaining chronometer to be set. Well, well, obviously, I mean, it clearly it's just a proper uh, uh, good good English sitter. I mean, he may have been the the uh, leader of a death cult, but he was, was nothing but a good English sitter. <laughs> well, he wasn't really. Um, no. no. Well, we understand. But, but, have, but have a drink, fair, Nick. <laughs> we could, I but think. Fair, he he probably went to Oxford. Um, it is currently the twenty fifth of January. It's a Sunday, um, the day after the events at the Juju House. Um, ah, yes, the events. <laughs> the events. You do know the police have been in um, after you went there. Um, there was some problems. <laughs> the police went out again quite quickly. You're not really sure of the details of that. You, you can. 
try and find out if you like. But, um, but you that did, might fact, look a little probably. suspicious, I think. Well, uh, we, we didn't we have, have time to, do with it. To, to, to leave a 20-foot high neon sign saying, danger, do not t- move this monstrously hazardous stone-lid man. I don't know. Hence, you've got more sanity than when you started. I don't understand <laughs> it. Um, we're actually going to slightly, because uh, there is some clearing up to do, we're actually going to slightly fast-forward it to Tuesday the 27th, uh, the morning of. So, there well, you are. Now I feel like the people when the calendar changed. You've you've just stolen a day there. I've stolen two yep. days off you. Um, but oh. what would you like to do, gentlemen? Tuesday, it's still April the first. It's cold. <laughs> it's uh, it's wet. It's frosty outside. Um, it's going to be a chilly January in New York. It's going to be a bright. It is. Would, uh, is well, anyone else just thinking of the <laughs> the other half days. of? Uh, Maybe it's cold outside and thinking he's fluffed his line. No, I was thinking it's going to be a bright, sunny day for some reason. Oh, okay. I, I, see, I can, I can multiple cultural references. Yeah, in one, I can see clearly now Lorraine time. has gone. Poor Lorraine. Yeah, I, um, I can't stand Lorraine outside my window. It's nearly two weeks since your dear friend Jackson Elias um, died, and just Isn't over that, a week since he was two buried. Weeks? Wow. Two weeks. Yep. Gosh. I thought we should have had him stuffed, since he seems to have stuffed us royally. (laughs) He was half eviscerated already. It wouldn't have taken that much to exactly. Exactly. I may not have phrased it like that when I was requesting it. I just pull the rest out. So I don't know why someone um, on Twitter uh, linked me in with a photo. It said paging Lord of One, uh, which is my Twitter username for those who don't know. Though everyone does. who listens to this anyway? And it was um, uh, it was like something like Doctor Smith, veterinarian and to- taxidermist, and underneath it said, "Either way, you get your dog back." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> what? You've no idea why anybody would, <laughs> no. would think you might no, find that amusing. No, no, or... no, no, not at all. And that's really unfair because Doctor Crowley was a character. Nothing like Nick in real life. <laughs> I did think that was a little hard. I, I am a consummate role player. If a veterinarian does it, it isn't murder. <laughs> um, that's literally true in the case of animals. But then I think you can't really murder. Yes, from illegal, illegal nicety, that is absolutely spot on. <laughs> it really isn't murder, unless you're talking about killing a man, or, or I suppose a woman, even in that time period. <laughs> even back then. Excuse me, that's a property crime. That's much more serious. <laughs> God, oh dear. There, there are times I think. Have we advanced at well, all? Scarily, yes. And we seem to be regressing. But let's not let's not worry about the current political situation and the end of liberal civilization. Um, let's instead play or a game. Any civilization. Uh, wasn't using it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, gentlemen? Uh, I think. Talking to that university, we did be establish how long it would take to logical, get there. Yeah. Shall I uh, remind you which handout? Uh, uh, it will be on the Google Drive in America, and if you look at handout, bugger, I don't know if I've got the link anymore. I'll share it. Browsers. I'll share it with you. Oh, you're so, share you, you, it with you. You're so kind. I've um, sent you an email with the updated character sheet, by the way, but who, God knows if I sent it to your actual email address. Thank you. Um, the link is appearing in the screen now. You should all have access to it, I would hope. Um, but the handout uh, is the uh, number... Oh, 
I've blanked out the screen now. A7, which is the Cult of Darkness. Tonight only the Cult of Darkness in Polynesia and the Southwest Pacific. A two-hour lecture with slides delivered by Professor Anthony Cowles, PhD, of the University of Sydney, Australia, and presently Loxley Fellow of Polynesian Esoterica at Miskatonic University, Arkham, in the Schuler Hall at New York University. Um, which you're aware uh, you had missed uh, long. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. I do remember now why we hadn't actually followed this up, though, because he's Australian, and that would entail you doing an Australian accent. Not it? necessarily. Not necessarily. Oh, no? Oh, okay. I might deem it too embarrassing and just talk in my normal voice. What have you got against Australians? Well, uh, nothing, but my accent might not be up to the challenge of the subtle nuance. I, I seem to remember people. it's in the title sequence. Well, yeah, but that might be all I was willing to do, given that I came <laughs> with some stick. It was apparently racist yeah, during no, the no, title no. sequence. Your accent will just keep going up and up and yeah. up. Well, don't up, worry about it, Nick. Racist <laughs> is as racist does. It turns out, if you're racist, all you have to do is tweet later on, Actually, that's not racist, and no one really gives a shit. We just refer to them as uh, controversial or racially charged. (laughs) What I said may have been racially charged, but that doesn't make me a a racial charger. Um, So anyway, um, yes, this adventure. I thought I handled Harlem quite sensitively, but anyway, despite your concerns. (laughs) Um, Right. I, I, I think that the first thing to do would be to telephone the university, or get my man to, obviously. And, um, <laughs> of course. One doesn't use the instrument oneself. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> no, indeed. Yeah. Would Sir like the instrument cleaning before it is used? Oh, oh, the telephone. Oh, sorry. Yes. Of so, see if this chap is actually still there at the university. He, uh, ascertains that the professor, uh, is visiting Arkham University until sometime in late July, I believe. So, yes, he is currently in Arkham and currently uh, lecturing. Right, so, so it's uh, uh, in uh, anthropology. Uh, Arkham's only about half an hour down the road, isn't it? Well, you drive. Uh, <laughs> the way you fly, <laughs> you say, To be honest, he does normally drive an aeroplane, so... Is it July? Sometime later in the year. Uh, yes, July. Um, so right. yes, you can get there relatively quickly. If you want to fly, we're slightly <laughs> hand waving. There isn't actually a commercial uh, airfield in New York till 28, I think, but we'll slightly hand wave it that you can fly to Boston. Airfield, which also doesn't exist. Well, uh, be, be, being fair, the, the aircraft of the period don't really, the small, the small sort we'd be using ourselves that Edwin would be flying really don't need. need a field. Yeah. No, all we, all we need when we aim for a field, you rely on them creating enough noise and interest for lots of people to turn up and then they can help you put the plane the right way up again. <laughs> That's pretty much how, how the whole aviation industry operated until the thirties. Uh, well, uh, you can fly. It probably takes you a couple of hours. What is it? It's about 100 miles an hour or so planes at the minute, 150 miles an hour. Probably takes you an hour or so uh, to fly up to Boston and then another hour or so to drive you're over. Trying to say, yeah, so what you're trying to say is it would be, would be quicker for me to drive. No, no that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> you, you can get to it. 
an hour and a mm. half to drive, um, 45 <laughs> minutes talking to the policeman. <laughs> <laughs> you can find yourself in the uh, the dream-haunted, lonely limit. spires of Arkham. Um, and none I of you have been to Arkham before. Any speed limits until quite a bit later in the century. You are, you are saying, but they also don't have freeways, I'm sorry to tell you. Um, so it's quite hard and, to build up. And? Yeah, also suspension's not quite what it is in 2019. Um, yeah, but uh, I tell you something, there are some, there are some pretty good, you're starting to get some cars. You are, you are getting some stupidly, beauties. stupidly large engines, pretty good suspension. Brakes might be a, let's put those to one side for a moment. But, but engines, you're, you're starting to get... You're not doing sadly. Why would you want to go around a corner? It's a big country. Never give the GM, GM ideas. Uh, you fly safely because you are... Un- unless you want to fly like a dickhead. Um, to uh, an airfield just I'm, outside. I never improvise. fly like a dickhead. I just fly quickly, that's all. Uh, fly, yes. Land, no. Um, you uh, can actually... I think that's fair enough. Uh, land near Arkham uh, and just... Uh, Get a lift towards the university. Um, you are I'm sure. Well, hang on. They'll be. A, they'll. They'll have some form of port, which I'm sure isn't being used at the moment. You're going to land actually at Miskatonic University. Can we not land on the sports field? I would like really to to start things quite well. <laughs> at least until we open our mouths. Sorry about wrecking the entire season of your. Uh, what do you call your sport? Handball, I suppose. <laughs> and killing the star quarterback um, as well. Um, uh, you, uh, you might be yes, a bit. Um... It's a game rugger, sir. <laughs> you find yourself in the crowded streets of Arkham. Now, none of you have been here before, but it's actually quite a small dark and, and very depressing town, particularly in January, um, split by a river down the centre. Um, the Miskatonic University is the biggest draw and probably the biggest employer in the whole um, uh, small city, large town. Mind you, um, you can make good money as a gumroll roof repairman. <laughs> or as a, an undertaker. Um <laughs> Uh, you are directed when you enter the university's reception to the Liberal Arts Building, um, where Professor Cowles is currently preparing a lecture in anthropology. Uh, and approaching the building, you uh, reach uh, the the fairly small and cramped office. It doesn't have his name on the window because he's just a visiting professor. It just actually rather um, uh, rudely just says visiting professor. Don't um, expensive. Uh, yes, <laughs> and you are outside uh, his door. Yes, now I did wonder if on the way, were we too busy watching our knuckles turn white and the blood drain from our extremities, <laughs> or did we actually discuss what we might want to ask this guy when we arrived? I'm sure there were times where you weren't frightened. Well, all you know is that uh, the, the handbill was found in the possession of Jackson Elias. Um, all the other things he had seemed to lead to clues to death cults of some kind or another, or they have so far. Okay. I would tend to think, start with um, being, being fairly open about it. We're, we're, we're following up some information left by a friend who had an unfortunate accident. Well, he may actually know Jackson by reputation. 
um, which obviously would be the worst possible uh, outcome. <laughs> no, we could, we, no, we could try that. We could semi-respected say... author. Yes, a bit, I know. bit populist for the academics. But... Exactly. But that would at least explain why we're looking into this crap. <laughs> Try it's in Australia. I like that kind of bluff, manly talk. They will. You clearly, we are down to earth there. Ah, so Professor, how are you, you old line. bastard? <laughs> uh, right, it's okay, an interesting well, open gambit. I, I suspect that the person to take the lead on this is going to be Rabbit's Foot because you've got the bearing and uh, credit rating to uh, pull uh, it off. And none of us is particularly academic, so. No, I am very much the one who got kicked out. Campion has learned a bit since, but uh, it, 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 uh, it, turns, it turns out they don't. Indeed. It turns out they don't kick you out if you pay them enough money. <laughs> okay. Uh, knock on the door. Hello. Ah, Professor. Wrong office. Goodbye. <laughs> Copper. This is the uh, New Delhi Department. <laughs> oh, uh, just just time to get something racist in there. Excellent. <laughs> well done. Um, thank you, thank you. Um, ah, uh, who, who is it? Um, it's a very deep, booming voice. Uh, how do you do, old chap? Rabbit, As I'm demonstrating. Rabbit's foot, Chamelier. Uh, you, you don't worry, you don't know me. I'm just follow, following uh, up on the... Um, oh. the, the door opens, um, and uh, there is a... <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 I intended to open this and, and step okay. in. The behind the desk, in that case, in the cramped office, surrounded by papers and small statues, um, uh, Aboriginal masks and spears and various assorted weaponry... Um, is a large man uh, with uh, a thick black beard uh, and large... Think a side, sort of Australian Brian Blessed type character. Mm-hmm. It's imposing. Oh, oh, um, uh, he stands up. Uh, what did you say your name was? He, he thrusts a, a, a quite beefy hand uh, into yours and shakes it vigorously. Pump, 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 pump. Michael Chumley, uh, call me Rabbitsford, everybody does. Rabbitsford, like it. What, are you lucky or something? Well, that, that, that's what they say. Oh, amazing. And anyway, who look, are you? He, he looks at the other two. Hello, Erasmus Campion. A Brit, hey. A Brit? Oh, that's better than I was expecting. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. For, for my sins. Pump, but, pump, pump, um, pump, pump. I do drink beer. Yeah. Uh, uh, plenty of tea, I expect. Uh, come in, sit down. And you are? Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm uh, Scott and Leader uh, Parsons. <laughs> Please what, what, you fought in the war? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're a flyer. He was freelance. <laughs> <laughs> he comes in uh, and he uh, he sits uh, sits down behind the desk. Oh, well, this is a disparate group, if ever I saw one. What brings you to my <laughs> office? <laughs> well, that's funny. The group of men oh, fantastic. Most directly, the answer is this, this this lecture you gave a few months back. He looks at the flyer, or as he thinks, flyer, um, and uh, see what I did there? That was very clever. Um, you I see, not that himself congratulatory <laughs> at all. Oh, yeah, the uh, the Polynesian one. Yes, very is, popular. Is they it, went um, down a storm. And... Uh, you see, a fr- friend of ours has, has some. I ca- came a bit of a cropper, and um, in, in, sorry, w- uh, 
is that a, a, an anglicism? Not not aware of the. Code? Uh, yeah, so, sorry, sorry. Let me try, let me try to translate. Um, got got um, caught out. Is that it? Caught out. He's um, run down the curtain. He's up the twig. He's pushing up the daisies. He's joined the bleeding choir invisible. He's dead. He is no more. He is an ex-writer. Well, considering the state he was in when we lost him, I certainly hope he's dead. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. In uh, any well, case, you the, might the not thing is, um, books. he books. was he, he a writer? Asked, asked, yes, yes, yes. Just Jack, <laughs> Jack, Jackson Elias. Um, he, he asked us, you see, to, to look into... Did you, to, sorry, uh, did you say Jackson Elias? Yes. Oh, Jack, oh yeah, I oh, know the bloke. Yeah. He knew, knew the bloke. First to the word, oh. oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah, he was one of the inspirations for the lecture. He, he did some um, did some work in Polynesian death cults, got me uh, interested. Corroborate oh, really? the facts. Turns out he was right about a lot of things. Uh, he did, you say? Yes, I'm afraid so. Uh, okay. did, yes. Okay, no, okay. I'm, not, I'm not from New Zealand. He's not did. Did. No, not did. And that, that was a matter of, of a different death cult, you see, not a non-Polynesian one, and uh, uh, that apparently he, he failed to dodge or something of that sort. Anyway, um, oh, the thing is, he's, that. That, that we're, we're, we're following up some work of his, you know, a uh, uh, gesture of a uh, last bit of respect for the fellow and so on, and... Um, it, it's uh, this. This is one one of the things. In particularly, I don't know if uh, it's some, something you've come across. Mister um, Elias had a theory that a great many of these cults were, if if not um, the same cult spread, at least communicating with each other, working in the common cause. You see, now um, sounds sounds crazy, obviously, but I was just wondering if you'd come across anything like that in your own studies. We um, can provide a translation if you need. <laughs> <laughs> it's about half past four. Um, uh, I, well, I mean, I've I've come across some strange things in my time. I've seen some uh, pretty pretty rum things too, if you take my meaning. Ah, oh, yes, indeed. But I'm not sure I've seen not really no evidence that there is a. a, a don't laugh, you bastard. Um, I'm not sure that I've seen, I'll say it again, evidence that there is a, a cult linking... You wait till you go to Australia, you fucker. <laughs> um, there is a cult <laughs> linking... Straight. Can you tell what it is? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, my speciality... <laughs> I can is tell what it's not. It's the Polynesian area. Right. Uh, I mean, I do believe there are. there's more to anthropology than... Than is popularly believed, and there are some cults older than, well, older than civilization as we understand it. I've seen evidence of that, but linking them all. Mm. Oh, I don't know about all. I mean, uh, Jack Jackson was um, uh, well, it was a bit inclined to let, let his um, let his enthusiasm run ahead of the actual evidence. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. I never met him. Um, did he come to this lecture, do you know? Well, that's, that's not clear. I mean, he certainly had your flyer. Oh. Well, well, I, 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 so, obviously, he must have held you in some regard. Well, I suppose he would. I am... Uh, I mean, the, the lecture... Sorry, I'm not from New Zealand. The lecture was all about... Um, it was really all about the cults that I know about. I mean, if it would help, I can, I can summarise the lecture for you. Oh, that would be... Um... 
Yeah, that would be most useful. Do you, do you have uh, written notes? Well, as it turns out, I, I've prepared this uh, handwritten summary, which I... Uh, <laughs> actually, bizarrely, I'm going to make you, you gentlemen, read out, <laughs> uh, if that's all right with you. <laughs> yeah. With yo, oh, that um, It's a it's a Somerset cult. Um, right, I will just quickly. Um, let me just uh, quickly. I've lost my exit now. Let me just quickly write it down. Scribble, scribble, scribble. There you go. Bob's your uncle. Uh, I'm gonna quickly. Uh, cut. Uh, I'm gonna. Um, uh, I'm gonna move it. Let me. I like to move it. Move it to the handouts received by players file. And if you take a look in there, chaps, and, and have a look at A15, uh, you, you might find a bit about what you're looking for there. Oh, you gentlemen have gone quiet while you were... You, yeah, because A15 has appeared before A1. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Ah, right, yes. Okay, yes. He's got uh, all the recognition members. I mean, if you like, I could read out one, but that's the longest one, so I'd rather not. No, I'm uh, but, but happy to do that once it's actually got up to a size that I can read it. Uh, I see. You need your glasses, do you? Oh, you're very kind. Uh, double in mine, if that's all right. Oh, you're welcome. He opens a drawer and pulls out a, a bourbon, um, which I believe is American for whiskey. Um, and then pause and go, oh no! No, shit, not really. Shit, this is illegal. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, gentlemen. <laughs> I've completely forgotten what year we were living in. No, let, no, let me just, just show you my actual government identification. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's entirely legal to consume as long as you don't buy it or sell it. Well, this was shipped over from Old Mother Sydney, which is oh, how I, we Australians talk. I, I think, to be fair, importing it is also <laughs> somewhat frowned on. <laughs> um, well, yeah, feel free to uh, copper copper wiener, as as we Australians say. While while you read oh, my oh, notes, let, let's not. They, uh, they don't say that, do they not? They did in nineteen twenty five. Copper wiener. Yep. Called is... blimey, mate. Copper wiener last night. This is something you to do with know. pigs, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I think wiener is a, a more American term, isn't it? Ah, uh, well, in Australia, right. it, it means uh, you know a snifter. Why don't you say snifter then? Copper snifter. I'm not an arse. Mate, just read the hand out, you fuckers. One, a bat cult <laughs> once existed among the Aboriginal peoples of Australia. It was known across the continent, and the god of the cult was known as the father of old bats. Adherents believed that by making human sacrifices to their god, they themselves would become worthy enough that the father of all bats would appear to them. Once he was enticed to appear, the god would conquer all men. Sacrifices were run through a gauntlet of worshippers who struck the victims with clubs embedded with the sharp teeth of bats. The teeth were coated with a fast-acting poison, somehow derived from fermented bat droppings. I say, it's The victims apparently went mad before they died. Leaders of the cult reputedly could take the forms of bat-winged snakes in them. It can't have been that fast-acting, can it? To steal sacrifices from, from across the land. Cowles believes that the cult became dormant or extinct hundreds of years ago. Its former existence is the reason that he became interested in Jackson Elias's books about present-day cults. Right. It's good of him to write about himself okay. in the third person. Uh, two. Oh, oh, you, you um, Two. 
An Aboriginal song cycle mentions a place where enormous beings gathered, somewhere in the west of Australia. The songs say that these gods, who were not at all like men, uh, built great sleeping walls and dug great caves. But living winds blew down the gods and overthrew them, destroying their camp. When this happened, the way was open for the father of all bats, who came into the land and grew strong. That's almost now, a coherent paragraph. <laughs> now, before you continue, that rings a slight bell. None of you have actually read it yet, but you have picked up a book called The Narcotic Manuscripts, which you haven't had chance to peruse yet. But as you recall from just uh, reading the blurb on the back cover, um, <laughs> um, from just flipping through it and, and uh, reading the opening, it involves um, the story of a great race of beings that lived in the what was what was once the western desert of australia um and they formed a great uh civilization which has since fallen out of favor so it just sort of rings a bit of a bell with you start until all the all the cults are trying to join up so uh three uh a set of four over glassed uh over uh, each now these are actually slides that the professor uh, uh, pulls out a projector and dusts it off and projects it onto the wall um, to show you these slides. Okay, each shows He's very organised. A few sweating men uh, standing behind enormous blocks of stone, pitted and eroded, but uh, clearly dressed and formed for uh, agriculture. Architectural. Second. Shouldn't have had the second bourbon, Dad. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> All the first. Carving. Quite strong in Sydney. Yeah, dim carving. It's going to be great flying the plane. Uh, dim, fly, <laughs> dim carving seems to decorate. <laughs> decorate some. Is it possible to sleep over uh, here? Pillows <laughs> are standing everywhere. Uh, though he did not bring uh, bring the book with him, Carol says that the discoverer, one Arthur McGuire of... Fort Headland, Australia, kept a diary in which he recorded tax signals. Sure, it's going to be the case, but hey. Uh, McGuire uh, reported, uh, reported reported from hundreds of small punctures reminiscent of the earlier backgrounds. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have the, that diary with me. Um, I left it back home in Sydney. Um, I, I'm afraid... Uh, but that's uh, that's where I got it from, Mister. Uh, I, that came to me via Robert McKenzie, a, a mining engineer. He was an executor of the Macquarie uh, Estates. McKenzie, yeah. Hmm. Uh, and four, Kyle Cowles, that's me, tells a tale he collected from near the Arafura Sea in northern Australia. In it, Sandbat, or father of all bats, has a battle with a rainbow snake, the aboriginal deification of water, and the patron of life. Rainbow snake succeeds in tripping and trapping Sandbat and his clan in the dips of a watery place, from which Sandbat can only complain, and is unable to return to trouble the people. That's, that's the end of that. Uh, yeah, sorry, I, I was just wondering whether to applaud... Or, or, or call for a, an officer of the law. Uh, yes, well, okay. Maybe both. Good. <laughs> hmm. um, well, I, 
I found some strange parallels between the tales of this sand bat chap and, well, reports of a cult that I hinted at before, older than other people have heard of, some strange kind of fish deity. Uh, have a any fish of you... deity? Surely fish don't worship anything, do they? Fish heads. Have any of you ever heard the word Cthulhu before? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I have I have two percent in the mythos. I, I would roll it if I were you. <laughs> so immersive. Uh, six, Sixty-four. Fifty-five. How do you spell that? <laughs> well, Cthulhu. There's various different um, spellings and no, pronunciations. Still but... on zero happily. So. <laughs> Oh, I can't even roll. What a shame! Uh, I, I, it seems to be linked to some kind of cult to do with this uh, this creature. I, and I and, and this, this is a fish god, is it? Well, no. I, perhaps an ocean god would be a better way of talking about it. But whether it's linked to that or uh, it's more that this Cthulhu creature is is linked to other. Are they called variously kind of deities or old ones or? Even aliens in some some texts, but they, well, they seem foreigners. To... You mean? Nah, I mean aliens from another planet, mate. <laughs> Probably other one. Well, I know it seems strange, but you, you run into a few strange ideas in my job as an anthropologist. Yes, well, I can understand that. Well, that's that's about all I can tell you, blokes. I'm sorry to be well, so stereotypical Australian and use the word blokes even though I'm a learned professor. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. You know, we we know you don't have tenure or anything. It's okay. Um, well, thank you very much for your, for your assistance. That's, uh, yeah, that's oh, glad to be of service. It's good to meet you. Um, I'm sorry to hear about your friend Jackson. Oh, well, what, are you, really? what are you... Uh, yeah, he was a good writer. He, he really... I know he's a lot of these snooty types don't really like him, but I, I he really, uh, he, he had a link with the masses that that you know a lot of us academic types struggle to find. So I don't begrudge the man. I, I he was right. I mean, a lot of the stuff he wrote about was right. I, well, really, that's what that's what we're going going for next. Trying to find out if the last thing he was writing about was right. Uh, are, are, are we going to get horribly murdered by, by an isolated death cult, or are they going to talk to each other and prepare and ambush us and horribly murder us? Uh, all, all these things are possible. Or, and then here's my favourite scenario: Are we going to avoid being horribly murdered by them? Well, I don't. Well, think I, that. I don't know if cults are active at the minute, but there are some suspicious activity. I'll tell you what: If you ever head to Australia, um, well, I'll be there in July. But yeah, you, I, I've left the, the details with a friend of mine. I, you know, if, if you ever head in that direction to investigate that, I can put you in uh, put you in uh, contact with him. Oh, well, that's very kind. I, I can't imagine that we'd end up in Australia, though. It's, uh, it's well, quite a way away, isn't you, it? Depends how much you're enjoying this accent right now, as to whether you can cope with the whole session of it. <laughs> or ten. Let's, let's not go to Australia. This is a silly place. <laughs> He gives you the name of his contact, uh, David, in Sydney. Um, David Dodge uh, in Sydney, who is David basically house-sitting for him. But okay. he is also is in possession of McQuirr's diary. Uh, yeah, McQuirr's diary, given to him by Robert McKenzie. 
Okay. Interesting. So has that moved us on any? Doesn't seem as... Uh, it doesn't really link in with anything else you know about. Well, clearly we should immediately go to Australia. <laughs> Obviously. Um, but you're, uh, you then, that evening, slightly perplexed and a little disturbed by what you've heard. Um, just they're just getting the faint glimmerings again, as you have before. Maybe there is something to what Jackson said. Maybe there really is. I mean, this note of or maybe he just breathed in too much poison made from bat guano. Well, I what mean, has really, concerned so. you is this noted professor of anthropology did not laugh at it out of hand and actually seems to be taking the idea semi seriously. Could there be some truth to it? Could there really be? Something linking. I suppose they sanity rolls. Sanity rolls. This is my new sanity roll face. Okay, it's a I'm bit Dalek-y, isn't hands. it? I'm doing jazz hands because it's yeah, a, no like a Dalek jazz hand. Uh, right, where are you, uh, Erasmus? Oh, I, I can try my new, um, supposedly glow in the dark dice. Which rolled thirty-eight, so I'm quite happy. Um, oh, I forgot to update my sanity. It's 86. I've sent you a character sheet that says it's only 70. But I've rolled 14, so that's fine. Okay. And Rabbit's Foot? Uh, yeah, 31 out of uh, 83. Yeah, you're not... Uh, no, fair to say spools, really. As, I mean, obviously, he's, he's fallen for the same hook, line and sinker that both Jackson did. Sure, the, these guys are murderers, but there's no, there's no truth about it. That doesn't these. mean they're bad people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't mean they're crazy or anything. It couldn't possibly be beings such as these, could there? Could there? No, we've rolled and they're on. No, oh, right. We're absolutely yeah, no, solid no, no. on that. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, that's fine. Okay, you are back. That, that uh, takes up a day of your time, um, and no ticked boxes either, so what a waste of a day that was. Um, it is now oh, the 28th much. of January, um, a Wednesday. Um, if you are still planning to go to Land to investigate uh, further. I can tell you, and you're better bloody happy because that's the chapter I've read. Um, that though, I could, I could probably improv another Australian accent if you need it. Please don't. Okay. Um, you. We might go somewhere else entirely. Leaving in a couple of days' time. Belgium, anyone? Is the great vessel Norway? the Olympic? Uh, heading to Liverpool. Olympic is the Titanic's twin ship built just before it. Slightly lighter, about a thousand tons lighter. Oh, and so it floats better then. About three or four feet shorter. So it, it, it looks almost identical to the Titanic. Um, and has been, um, went through the Great War, slightly luckier than Titanic, got hit by a torpedo. Torpedo didn't go off, so it got a dent in its hull. Um, so, you know, if Isn't Titanic Olympic got all the bad luck, the Olympic or the good look. Uh, there was the fourth or fifth um, ship that actually got to the Titanic, and they actually broke. They broke. It was it was on its way to the Titanic, um, and the captain of the Carpathia um, uh, radioed them and said, um, "You don't need to come. There's a, we've got everyone on board." And and Bruce Ismay, the head of White Star Line thought it might be in slightly poor taste to rescue all the people who've just come off the Titanic with the mirror image ship of it, which might put them in a slightly dark mood when they got loaded onto an almost identical boat. Um, so they decided not to go. But you're right. It, it decided it was, far better to let them drown. 
Yes, yeah. Well, um, recently, well, I'm not. Sure. I mean, I mean, well, let me put it this way. I think they were. I mean, they were in the vicinity. They were about a hundred miles away when the SOS went off. No, they they were they were still in, um, they were still in docks. They actually they, no, they, they, they were sailing. I, I, they did, they did. They they were very close, but the Carpathia mm. got there first. And told them they didn't mm. need anyone's help. But yes, the Olympic anyway. is available and very luxurious and unsinkable. You'll be pleased to hear. So very oh, that's excellent. Unsinkable sounds good. It actually is quite popular because a lot of people want to go on a ship that looks almost identical to the Titanic. And, and so, if it sinks, you get your money back. But a little drier. <laughs> <laughs> but but a bit drier, yes. So that is sailing uh, in a couple of days' time on Friday the 30th. The trip usually takes, depending on the weather, uh, somewhere between six, well, four and six days, but uh, it may be slower, depending on how many icebergs are in. No, don't worry. Don't worry that I mentioned icebergs. It'll all be fine. It'll all be fine. So you have a couple of days at liberty if you wish to do anything. If not, we can fast track to your boarding. I think we should we should Olympic. zoom ahead. Yeah. I think we've run run out of trouble we want to cause in America for now. Well, if we hang around much longer, we risk trouble finding us again, don't we? Very true. Um, much like a, a, a glass of wine. I, I would very much like a glass of wine, but sadly, all I have is um, a flask of water. Mm. Thinking about having a third beer, but as I've got to get up in a remarkably short space of time, I'm thinking two is probably enough. Wow. Oh, maybe maybe Violet Jessup will be on board. All right, let's let's go for it. Let's. Uh, I mean, we have very little we need to pack or anything, don't we? She she was on the Olympic when it when it collided with HMS Hawk. She was on the Titanic when it sank, and she was on, on the Britannic when it sank. All right, can we just check the um, passenger list before we go on? No, if she's she, on, we're, she, she, we're not. she was a stewardess for White Star Line, <laughs> and she was on all three of them when they had their major incidents. Yes. Um, <laughs> I wonder how our end of year rev- uh, end of year review went. <laughs> Just a couple of things I'd like to raise. Uh... Uh, right, Jetta. I mean, you uh, you do have a few things. Uh, you're welcome. You can just tell me how you're filling your time. Do you want to read anything? Reading. To yes. Investigate any artifacts or? Oh, let's um, see how badly. I'm going to I'm going to be reading. Right, let me remind myself what you are reading. I am reading. Oh, Hang on. shit. Sorry? <laughs> oh, no, is that a... yeah. Shit. Are you okay? Yeah. Yes. Hold underneath my French. Oh, good Lord. Uh, yes, you are not a, that's not a euphemism. That's actually <laughs> a thing you've done. <laughs> You're good Lord, I've rolled under my French. The uh, Livre Divan. <laughs> Um, Edwin, okay, you are reading through that and piecing it together. It's going to take you some time, probably until the time you you reach Liverpool. I expect to get through it a bit further right. um, because it's in another uh, language. But uh, you are spending your time reading the selections of the Libre Divan, which is uh, in French by Gaspard de Nord. And it seems mm-hmm. to be a book about a treatise on practical magic as practiced by the Atlanteans. I mean, come on. Um, Who, uh, just happened to speak French, did they? 
No, no, the Atlanteans, and we happen to be going over the Atlantic Ocean <laughs> as I read it. Yes, yes, nothing. Yes, we're, we're going away not. from Atlantis, so we're not going to meet any of them, are we? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Campion, you have been reading Life as a God. Yes, um, that's what I'm, I'm looking at. I've written down four titles here. Really terrible poetry by uh, a Montgomery. God, why do I get Compton. the um, <laughs> I get the poems? Basically, oh. the ramblings of madmen. Dis- uh, yeah, um, the only one of us who's equipped to detect bad poetry. Oh no, it isn't poetry. It's actually um, that's the one Rabbit's word met. The life of God, life as a God, is written by Montgomery Crompton. He seemed to believe he was in the surface of a strange being uh, called the Pharaoh of Darkness. Now you'd already learned about the Brotherhood of the Black Pharaoh and a throne room within the Bent Pyramids, which you hadn't heard of. Pyramids was in yes. South America somewhere. And no, 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 no. I mean, it's open for tourists. I understand. Uh, uh, yes, it is apparently so. Um, a, a room where the author communed with his god. And you spend the next couple of days before you board the uh, ill-fated Olympic. Uh, sorry, before you board the Olympic. Um, and let me tell you, you'd already um, gained a bit of mythos uh, and lost a bit of sanity. Let me tell you uh, what else you learn in those couple of days. Um you gain another 2% Cthulhu Mythos. Ooh. Uh, you've lost all the sanity you're going to lose, bless you. Um, but uh, basically, he would just... You, you read the slow descent of the man into insanity. He was clearly committing murders, rape... Whether he did it or not. Yeah, obviously made up. Probably, but he certainly believed it, and the descriptions are quite graphic. Um... You have to skip over some of them, but that he talks about performing blood eagle, blood eagle, blood eagle rituals, um, which is nothing to do with the Egyptians as far as you're aware, but he did them, um, and talks about what he did to commune with his god, which usually involved viscera. Really quite unpleasant. Um, Not a nice man, is but it is quite clear from a thorough reading that the bent pyramid is in fact uh, in Egypt, not uh, not Bolivia um, or anywhere else. Um, Okay, so you okay. now have 4% Cthulhu Mythos. Campion, what are you... Uh, and, and then you've got time to study something else when you're on board the ship, but we'll come to that. Campion, what I think, I think what you may be in Rabbit's Foot. Uh, sorry, Rabbit's Foot. I always get you two mixed up. I believe, hey, you're, you're both limeys. I, mean. I believe I have finished Among the Stones. Yes, you had. That is the book of terrible poetry. Um, uh, talking about... Uh, the trappings of a queen are particularly describing Queen Nitocris and the crown, girdle, and necklace of Nitocris required for something. You're not quite sure what. It, it's always it's always suggested that you should know what it was. Yeah. Uh, so the narcotic manuscripts are the ones that are available. What are they written in, language wise? They are written. In English, I believe. Oh, English. Um, it has been translated from another language. You're not sure what. Um, probably originally. Oh, it used to be. It's translated from a precursor volume called the Narcotica, which was written in Greek um, and contains story of Hyboria, Atlantis, and Jupiter. Um, but also talks about this great city. Um, you right, will well, learn. Let, let, let's dig in on that, but it may take me a while. Okay, that that will take you until you arrive in Liverpool to, to get through that. So, talking of uh, ancient ruined cities. 
<laughs> so it's not that um, old. Come on. Uh, um, so the only person who has any time left at all, yet you, uh, you're all still reading these books and delving into them. Um, when you Are we before... all just sitting there in deck chairs? Just... <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you. That, I mean, that, oh, a lot on, of the time it's... is spent in your cabin. Um, uh, Sanity restoring cruise. You have finished um, uh, Life as a God, so you can read one of the other tomes if you wish, or investigate the artifacts, or just ignore everything and just actually have a nice time on board the opulent luxuriousness of the fabled White Star Line, the only one of the Olympic-class ships to make a profit at all and not sink. Um, Have you been reading up on this? No. You sure? No, just know it. I just, I'm just a knowledgeable chap. Mm. Um, it is uh, a, a wonderful ship. The crossing is relatively smooth. You are crossing, of course, across the bosom of the Atlantic, and as we all know, occasionally bosoms heave. It is sometimes rocky. Um, that's a direct quote from the, the <laughs> Commodore it's very of, good. of a cruise ship that I, I was actually on. Um, it was. <laughs> it was very, uh, very Royal Navy. Um, and uh, yeah, the crossing is very, very smooth. If you wish to, the the others are all. I mean, you're you're getting out for meals. You're strolling the promenade deck. Um, but if you wish to do anything else, champion, you may. Um, do you wish to read another book, or do you want to look at? Yes, I think I probably books? should actually. Um, um, among so the stones is pretty good. Among read. the stones, I think is next on the list. Yeah. Okay. Anything, anything's going to be better than that. <laughs> Well, you can spend half the voyage reading that and half the half just uh, actually enjoying yourself, attempting to con old a, li- a little bit. Of, um, oh, come on! I don't do that. Okay, con young ladies out of there. That's more like it. Thank okay. you. <laughs> um, you you may ply your um, uh, semi uh, honest trade on board the ship uh, if you wish, but you also read among the stones. You learn what rabbit foot learned. Rabbit's foot learned. You gain two percent Cthulhu mythos. Now, you are already somewhat of a believer in the mythos. So you've now got 6%, I believe, Cthulhu mythos. Yes. Um, and you may roll the d3 and tell me how much sanity you lose. One. One. I mean, the main sanity you lose is just the sheer shitness of the poem. These are poems that don't even rhyme, for goodness sake. Uh, the the uh, stanchion is all off. It's just appalling. Gain uh, 5% craft literary criticism. <laughs> but you too learn about the trappings of a queen and Queen Nitocris, uh, who was a queen from the Middle Kingdom of Egypt. Um, so much later than pre-Ptolemaic post- um, pyramid building basically right so well yeah i'm going to spend a bit of time trying to correlate what we've got and i shall be spreading out some pages torn from a notebook and and trying to uh, map things together because at the moment we seem to have quite a lot of stuff that doesn't all very disparate there is um, no mention of the bloody tongue in oh there is another book you have there is another book you have africa's dark uh yeah okay yes right, we have uh, that which one, you we? can also read through during your time because it is a uh, relatively God. short read. Now Africa's dark it's holiday sect. read this one. Sects if written... it's a good one I, find, I I feel to be sitting on the sitting in a deck chair as people walk past 
I'm looking to see what you're reading. Just, yes, I'll be sitting there with my, my fingers just covering up the end of the word. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and again, I shall catch somebody's eye and just wiggle my eyebrows. Well, this is written by explorer Nigel Blackwell during his travels across Africa, and it's, it's an odd mix of kind of travelogue and also an expose of the ritual practices of a variety of African cults. Um, there's no publisher on the title page. You don't know if it's self-published. Um, the horror. The, the horror. Yeah. <laughs> the horror of, it's a vanity press. It's vanity press. Um, it, it's um, a good book. The, the part that disturbs you to some extent yes. is the part where he talks about the raising of the bloody tongue in the mounting of the black wind and he talks about this happening in 1916 and he was a witness to it um, he tries to describe this creature um, taller than the pyramids um, with a tongue that reached up to the stars red as blood um, it's really disjointed and very confusing um, but I'm sorry, a disjointed tongue, did you say? No, the, the, the writing is disjointed and confused. Oh, okay. um, it sounds like he barely escaped with his life, if it's true at all. Um, but it, it's, it's confused. Yes. Um, okay. But that uh, doesn't seem to have any links to any of the other books you read, but it is disturbing enough to give you, I'm sorry to tell you, four points of Cthulhu Mythos. <laughs> This could all have gone quite badly wrong, couldn't it? Uh, yes, okay. That puts you up to eight, doesn't it, I think? No. Uh, uh, I'm actually on ten. Oh, perfect. Oh, yeah, you've read three books now. Um, would you like to roll a little D10 for me, please? A little D10, okay. Uh, that would be six. Knock it off your sanity. It is. You find yourself kind of strangely engrossed, and you think about that the cult of the bloody tongue and how people whether this is true or not and you have an uneasy sensation in the pit of your stomach when you try to tell yourself it's not, you think of what these people did in the name of this enormous deity and it is of a concern and what was a cult worshipping this doing in New York well it is bohemian very bohemian they are feeling bohemian like you okay, that was Africa's dark sex um, over the rest of the voyage, um, uh, Chumley, you were reading the Narcotic Manuscript. Um, yes. And again, as we have talked about, you, it discusses um, a great race described as the Great Race of Yith. Um, and it's supposed to be archives which were stored there in their great city, stored in the western desert of Australia. Um and it talks of the fall and collapse of their great civilization and how they cast their minds into the ether to escape the collapse by the great beings of... I'm sorry? Wind. wind. This, uh, I, I didn't quite catch There was some sort of strange word there. The great beasts of... Well, the, the, the best way you can describe it is to sneeze quite loudly because it, it, it sounds like right. no, no being on Earth. It is quite disturbing. Now... Within this manuscript, there seem to be spelled out some rituals, um, which, given a bit of study, you may possibly uh, be able to learn. So, you may gain 
Seven percent Cthulhu mythos. That's it. Now, I'm going to ask you another question, Rabbit's Foot. Are you in any way believing of all this nonsense that you're reading? Does it ring a bell? Is it is it concerning you? Are you becoming a believer? Well, yeah, we are rather getting to the point that uh, I mean, there's an awful, awful lot of mad Johnnies out there, but uh, seem, a lot of them seem to be mad in the same way. Okay. Mechanically, I'm asking you, would you like to take the sanity hit now for all the books you've read so far, or would you like to take no sanity hit, but take it immediately upon seeing something upon which oh, you can re- deny? Oh, re- really? Where, where's a better place to have a little wibble than on a cruise ship, eh? <laughs> okay, yes. you lose that your current good. Cthulhu mythos insanity. That would be nine. <laughs> okay, and you spend the rest of the ship quiet. The rest of the crew slight, quietly rocking and gibbering. You don't have a, a, a because it's it's because you didn't do it in a combat situation. Um, then uh, it's less fun, basically. Um, but oh, you, I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> it is, yes, disappointing. I wanted you to lose twenty sanity in one hit. Uh, what's your current Cthulhu mythos now? Ten. Uh, nine. Nine. Okay. Okay, and yes, you you are quite... You come out of your cabin uh, rather pale and anemic, having been up to no good inside. Uh, so that may just sound like you've had a colossal wank on the cabin. That's, that's not what I meant at all. Um, you really... Um, sorry, I'm going to shut up. And switch over to... Um, the American gentleman, Edwin. Edwin. Okay. What is Edwin's name that you can't remember what it is? I'm sorry about the wank thing. Um, Right. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just talking to Kerry. Um, Right, so... (laughs) Um, Edwin, it takes you quite some time to get through this uh, ponderous French tone. Uh, But it's talking about the practice that the the magicians of Atlantis um, used to practice. Um... (laughs) There is lots of mentions of a deity called There are written in the border by you do not know who, but they are relatively recent additions to this book. Illustrations of something that looks like an ankh, an Egyptian ankh. Uh, you kind Sorry of recognise it. <laughs> um, but it is drawn upside down and broken. It's a bit of an anchor. Um, now, you gain, now then, um, you gain 8% Cthulhu Mythos. Why? Are you a believer in, in what you're reading, Edwin, or are you, are you considering this nonsense? Um... I am thinking that Fast Eddie is going to be... Uh, he's going to at least con- con- uh, contemplate... I mean, this is kind of tying in to everything else that we've been talking about, isn't it? It's so, the sort yeah. of ritualistic magic that uh, you've seen some evidence for. You've seen some shit. You've seen some shit. I've seen some shit. I mean, you didn't see the sorcerer in action because you shot it with two barrels of, act, uh, of, of a shotgun before he got the chance yeah. to as much as... I mean, so, I feel. You know, magic missile. You know. you. <laughs> well, you know, if he's going to be so stupid as to uh, try and do magic at, magic at us, we, 
in the time. It was a bit okay, cocky yeah, of him, yeah. It was, well, yeah. I, 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 I think he's learned yeah. a valuable lesson. <laughs> in that case, you can roll 2d4 and knock that off your sanity. Uh, 2d4. I have d4. Oh, I have another d4 there. It's going to be very exciting. I'm going to roll... 2d4. I'm afraid. Um, uh, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm, I'm about. I'm about to give you a sand loss. I'm afraid they're two different colours. Oh, uh, before you do that, uh, bear in mind you've just gained eight percent Cthulhu Mythos, which drops your maximum sanity mm-hmm. by eight percent down to ninety-one. Uh, yes. So it's ninety from ninety-nine to to ninety-one. Yes. Okay. Uh, See, I knew I'd get you bastards. And you'll be pleased to know that um, um, I might sort of be half believing it, but I've just rolled two. Oh, that's... So, uh... Fine. It's fine. You'd have to sound disappointed. It's not a confrontational game, no. No, you you are not taking up an adversarial position. (laughs) Now... Iceberg um, dead ahead. <laughs> um, in all of the books that you've been reading, except for uh, Life as a God and Amongst the Stones, there are rituals described, um, which you uh, really might have some power if you try and learn the rituals. Um, John, in Africa's Dark Sects, there is this description of how to animate a recently murdered corpse. Um, and it puts how, you how in mind. <laughs> it, well, it puts you. It doesn't. It doesn't really. It just says recently. It puts okay. you in mind of the things you found in the basement of the Juju House. So, oh, if yeah. you wish, you can attempt to learn that ritual, or you can think that's crazy talk. No, it, it. I mean, I'm not exactly a regular churchgoer, but that that does strike me as somewhat blasphemous. Um, uh, it's fair enough. I don't sure. think it's crazy. I just think that, sure, that might sure. be a step too far. It is following, following in the footsteps of the Lord. Yeah, uh, not so much. No, as Romero, you feel. <laughs> yeah. So you want basically you're saying it's not blasphemous. I'd just be saying I'm a bit like Jesus. Uh, did Did he not enjoin us to follow his example? I say, it's not blasphemous. You're, you're very much alone in a godless universe there, and humanity is but a speck uh, on the shoe of the foot of the stompy, stompy universe. As I, Lovecraft himself put it. Oh, I, I quite agree. Would anyone like another scone? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're not attempting to learn uh, that particular... No, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'll put that aside for the moment, I think. Um, uh, rabbit's foot there are discussions of how to talk to um, the beings that first created humanity how to contact them and also how to contact the uh, the great race of Yith um, the, the creatures which built this uh, huge uh, civilization out in Western Australia if you wish to attempt to learn any of those oh, they, they sound like quite reasonable chaps Let's have uh, an intelligence uh, by five, uh, though, in both cases. Uh, Fortunately, you are not a terribly imaginative gentleman. Um, Um, With a roll of 98, no, I don't think so. Okay, well, that's for the uh, the beings that created humanity. What about uh, the great race of Yith? I thought I had to choose. Um, No, you've got enough time to... No, that's a 69, so another failure. 
No idea. Um, meanwhile, um, the Lever Divron seems to have a lot of descriptions of uh, different uh, spells in it. Um, uh, uh, rituals, I should say. <laughs> um, <laughs> they are, and you've got time to look into two of these on your cruise, um, Edwin. Mm-hmm. You could potentially uh, call the Blind Lord of Chaos, if you're interested. Um, contact- that sounds like an excellent idea. Contact Spawn of Zothakwa. Um, contact the Lord of the Waters. Um, contact Zathokwa himself, or herself, or itself. Create Barrier of Nachtith. Um, Sorry. Uh, translocation. Fog of Misdirection. And Ebon, or Ibon. Ibon, probably. Ibon's Wheel of Mist. I'm kind of thinking that um, the fog of misdirection and the barrier sound. Create barrier of Nachtith. Um, okay, feel free to roll your intelligence by five, Edwin. Um, I'm gonna yeah, because you... You, might, you might want to say to yourself, I'm on a ship, do I want to create a huge fog of misdirection? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that was the other one I'm going to go for as well. Uh, N- Nachtith is just, just a translation of cotton wool. <laughs> Um, so I've rolled a twenty-nine. That has um, done it. You have, you have learned the spell "Create Barrier of Nachtith." Okay. If this turns out to be a gigantic barrier made of phlegm, I'm going to be really <laughs> annoyed. <laughs> well, no, you can only cast it if. in Cardiff, obviously. Um, uh, sorry, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, thank God there there isn't a Welshman nearby to be upset oh, about indeed. that. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'll just kick his legs later. Um, and uh, Fog of Mystery. How do you, no, how do you spell Nartith? Um, uh, just as N- it sounds, you know. <laughs> N-A-C-H, I'll describe it to you in a moment. Uh, N-A-C-H dash T-I-T-H. It's probably on balance a good thing I didn't learn anything. I've just noticed this character sheet has a space for spells and a space about six times the size for dance steps and jazz cylinders. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Mario Nach- Nachtith. Spoken like a true uh, countryman. Um, and uh, would you like to attempt to learn Fog of Misdirection? Yeah, let's have a go for the fog. Turns out to be a completely bewildered frog. Oh, I rolled higher this time, but I've, rolled, I've only, but I've rolled seventy-two, which is still under it's my... still well within. You're, you're actually quite a smart cookie, Edwin, aren't you? Okay, let me. Heads why uh... up until now he's been very sensible to stay away from all of this. <laughs> That's shit. why he hasn't read any books <laughs> until now. All right, just bear with me one moment while I get the thing that will describe them for you. That's a way. Of, that's a new way of describing wine. Well, he's got to keep finding new things about wine or he'd get bored with it, wouldn't he? Mm. Well, it may, it may not be all that bright, but in my defence, I am very rich. <laughs> you are okay. stupid. The universal defence. <laughs> <laughs> Let's as a find um, uh, that particular spell. So what was that for misdirection or whatever? That was a fog of misdirection. Okay. From what you can understand... If you uh, perform the ritual correctly, it causes a dense mist to appear in a large sort of egg-shaped volume directly in front of you, which will obscure vision 
and then evaporate without trace. When you say large egg shape, uh, are we talking? Are we talking? Are we talking? Um, you know, hen, ostrich, rock, quail. It's egg shaped, but ostrich? quite like it's. It's a bit vague in the description. It, it talks about oh, this is this is how they get you, so, isn't it? <laughs> Um, it, it talks about the edge of a fanaka, um, which is a, a, a winged being from prehistory, as far as you can tell. But how big that is, you've no idea. Well, I mean, this to me I mean, sounds, sounds like a summoned breakfast. If it's like about. a quail's egg of a mist, <laughs> then it, it, may not be the most <laughs> it may not be the most useful spell. Um, I mean, you can give it a go at performing the ritual, if you like. Um... Are there any signs of what happens if you perform? Are there any signs that says, oh, by the way, if you perform this, basically you're going to lose your testicles or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, you lose a nut uh, per, per spell. No, there, there is no indications of any drawbacks of any kind whatsoever. If, if you do not supply one to the spell, it will improvise, yeah. <laughs> oh. Right. Um, yeah, go on, let's have a go. We'll see what okay. happens you perform the ritual. Happens quite quickly. You feel yourself somewhat drained and tired after. Not immensely, um, but somewhat drained. Mm. And uh, a, a kind of dense ball of fog, which quickly moves um, around you. Uh, around, it's actually about ten feet wide. Ten feet. That that it's like a ten foot sphere, except it's more of an oblate spheroid. Um, so uh, it, it's longer on the long axis, so you can't really tell. But it, it's a reasonable size, bigger than you. Uh, basically fills your whole cabin with smoke. Um, and you have to uh, quickly run out of the cabin. Um, uh, you feel like you need a bit of a rest afterwards. But yeah, you feel all right. Cool. So bear in mind, I've got a very high power. Yeah, you're, you're not especially tired, but it, it took something out of you. Um, you don't <laughs> feel any less grip on the world for having done it. Well, that's always a good sign. And the barrier of Nachtith. This is supposed to produce a barrier which provides a defence against both the physical and arcane arts, it describes. Um, it's probably, you reckon it will probably take about a minute to perform the ritual, and it creates a sort of spherical bubble, or it seems to suggest a kind of a spherical bubble around you and your companions. Which you may, may be able to direct to protect from harm. Or you could uh, encompass an enemy within it. Okay, let's have a go at doing that, possibly on a different night. Okay. All right. Um, it suggested that um, that you're, you can do this if you tell your friends how to perform it and you lead the ritual, they may be able to help you with it, or you can perform it solo. Um, is there any indication of why performing it solo would be a bad thing the, the more people involved suggest the stronger the barrier will become I'm kind of thinking that trying to do it 
solo and then basically getting either Rabbit's Foot or Campion to sort of th- th- maybe throw a quoit at me or something like that. Throw a quoit at you. <laughs> Are you <laughs> explaining what you're doing to the all army? Right. Yes. <laughs> well, okay. I, yeah, I'm just thinking... Because if, that's all, if that's all the instruction we've got... Or on the promenade deck or... I'm thinking... Um, have, well, I'm presuming that um, unless we're in Rabbitsford's cabin, we probably haven't really enough room. Um, Rabbitsford's got a, a suite, uh, presumably. Um, yeah. You don't know. It, it's a bit vague about how big this thing's going to be, mm. as many of us are. Um, let's go for Rabbitsford. <sighs> we, we, we clear away an area in Rabbitsford's uh, suite and have a go at doing it there. Okay. Oh, hello. And he's off. And he's off. Well, when the GM has to go and put a safe amount of distance between him and the ritual that you're doing, <laughs> that's uh, not a good sign. Uh, just just uh, push the champagne fountain over to one side. Tell the barman to take a few hours off. Oh, yes, we're now back in international barman. waters. I, I think his cabin counts as international waters anyway. <laughs> so you get the sense as you're performing this uh, peculiar ritual, which doesn't, doesn't quite roll off the tongue. It involves chanting, Nartis, 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 while performing strange hand movements. Um, ah, it, it, that, that's the cost of the spell, two teeth. Who is who's, who's present? Campion is present, holding, a, holding a quoit. Uh, a quoit and a martini, yes. Is um, Rabbit's Foot also there? Well, if, if you told me, yeah, why not? Might okay. be amusing. You uh, feel, as you're performing this ritual, Edwin, that the more of yourself you put into it, the stronger the barrier is going to get. So would you like to do a trickle or a, 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 a spurt or, a, or put all hey, of I'm, yourself I'm, into I'm, it? I'm feeling, I'm feeling not much more than a trickle is probably all... I'm just proving that it works. Okay. Uh, first of all, roll me a d10. Give you a two. That'll be the that'll be the percentage dice that I've actually got to inside. Oh yeah, you can roll me uh, seven. Seven. Okay, that's how many sanity you lose as you cast this spell. Um, it is a bit worrying because that's more than five in a go. Um, Oh dear. Um, a little worrying, yes. What does that drop you down to then? The 17? Uh, uh, that drops me down to 2. 2? 82. 82. I was going to say that. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> wow. Uh, 82. Okay. 82. My, my, my maximum sanity is now 91. As you. You try and put yourself into it, and, and you feel that the power is is building, and it, it it almost grabs hold of you and tries to take more out. And it is you don't want to put much in; you're just testing it. You're fighting it. You're fighting it. And as you're fighting it, haunting images cross your mind about the immensity of the stars and the cosmos and how useless you are. Effectively, it's like falling into the total perspective vortex. Um, and it is extremely concerning. Um, Edwin uh, mutters the words of the spell. Um, there is a, a kind of a, a vague noise and a shimmer that appears in front of him. Uh, and Edwin passes out on the bed in front of you. 
with a small trickle of blood leaking Please, from his Please, we're, we're not savages. Will... He passes out on the sofa. I will throw a coit at him. It bounces <laughs> off the barrier, the shimmering <laughs> barrier. That's all he told me to do. What do I do now? Well, we clearly can't go and help him. We'd better wait till he wakes up. Dear me, that, 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 they'll, they'll, have, not... they'll have to bring us a new sofa and get, get the blood out of the old one. Well, hang on, I'll put a towel on the, on the floor and lean him over so that he's dribbling blood on the, can I touch him? I mean, are we repelled by, well, obviously, Rabbit's um, quite repelled by the whole thing, but. You can feel it, um, you, it's quite easy to push through. It's, it's like, it's not very strong at all, um, it's, uh, you've lost a magic point, um, Edwin, which will, you, you will have recovered by the time you wake up. Um, just a little bit of pressure. I mean, the quoit doesn't get through because it's a quoit. Um, but you can just, a little bit of pressure, you push through it, um, and Edwin is passed out. Well. Do, does it stay up once the first person has pushed through it? Yes. Well, that's interesting. Hmm. Um, it's around about for seven sand. I bloody hope it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's around about fifteen feet diameter. You have got a big suite. Um, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely does something physical. It, it's created something. Um, sanity rolls, gentlemen, uh, who were really not expecting anything particularly to happen during this ritual. Well, no, I suppose not. Um, 68, no problem. Three. Alright. That's pissed you off, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, uh, there's clearly forces here which are more than, you know, you were not expecting anything to happen and something beyond your understanding of physics has happened here. Edwin, when you reach him, is he's not unconscious. He's just lying on the bed with his eyes rolled up in, into the top of his skull, muttering, Nachtit, Nachtit, Nachtit. Um, right. That be uh, dribble some water on his face or something? Or, 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 I don't, what does one do in these situations? So, so does On the chaise long. A moist Edwin on the chaise long, uh, muttering, Nachtit. And after probably 30 or 40 minutes, he comes round. And with no more harm than now being rather nervous of a clear night sky, you now have a phobia of uh, the clear night sky, Edwin. Well, that's uh, perfectly uh, harmless for a pilot, I would say, isn't it? (laughs) When you say clear night sky... Uh, So clouds are fine. You cannot bear to be exposed to the... What you so. Penetrating gaze of the stars. Whenever he flies is anywhere at night, he's going to dive into cloud for safety. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> um, to be honest, most people didn't fly at night in this time. He's not most people. <laughs> um, you are, you just, uh, you're not, it's not that you can't, but you really, really don't want to be exposed to those feelings again of just insignificance and the, the burning gaze of the, the stars above you. What book was I reading? The Livre Divan. The Selection Livre, Livre Divan. There, there's a few more things to learn in there, which I'm sure you'll be interested in. Yeah. So, Livre de Evan. Oh, right. So, it's Evan's book. Evan's book, yeah. Okay, you arrive after that somewhat disturbing incident en route in the city of 
Liverpool. Um, the main thing you notice, and you've all been here before, but it's the main thing you notice, as you always notice coming from New York, is it's, it's kind of, it's a lot darker. Um, a lot of pe- a lot more people use coal fires. It's things like when you blow your nose, little black soot comes out, which is just not something that happens in New York, but it happens frequently um, uh, whenever you are in a large city in the United Kingdom, hmm. the UK. Yeah, well, that's that's proper chewy British air. That ah, oh, the smell <laughs> of history. <laughs> When I say it's got some body, there is indeed a fair chance that what we're breathing in. <laughs> so, um, you uh, most likely get a train straight to London. Excuse um, me. Well, we'll, uh, stay, well, we'll stay over, overnight in, in, the, in the Adelphi, which is designed specifically for this purpose, ha- having <laughs> as it does a twin of the main lounge of, of, of the Olympic class ships. I see. Okay, so now it's just like being uh, uh, on. Does it actually? That's quite interesting. Um, the tr- we, the we, we may be saving the world. We don't have to slum it, you know. It's the third of February when you arrive. You stay overnight till the fourth of February. Um, We're now going to miss the, the deadline by one day, obviously. Uh, and the world ends. Um, and you head to. London, I guess, by train. You can get a very early morning train. Yeah, and in the, the, big, the big smoke, is that the thing people call Not London? Really. The smoke, kind yeah. of. It's a bit sort of retro. Well, this is the era of pea supers, I'm afraid. So greenish, disturbing greenish yeah, fogs do... Any, anything up to just before the 1960s <laughs> is it's the era of pea supers. Yeah, the 1950s yeah. had a particularly nasty one. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they reckon it killed like 2,000 people, didn't they, over mm. the course? Oh, God, it was more than that, wasn't it? it I mean, it was for a no. phenomenal number of people. But no one seemed to mind it too much at the time, you know, apart from the diet. I don't know whether that was direct. <laughs> no, no one who matters. I think that might have been something about the Clean Air Act. <laughs> anyway, uh, fortunately for you, gentlemen, they tend to occur more during the summer months than the winter months. Uh, the weather in England at this time is much milder than New York, but also much greyer and much wetter. It is a grey and miserable February on the 4th of February 1925 when you arrive in Kinjali, England. Ah, yes. uh, I think I made the right choice abandoning that fur coat, though. Looked like a music hall act. (laughs) Underneath the arm. Do you have, uh, do you guys have digs in London or are you staying at a hotel? Uh, I'll stay at my club, of course. I don't have any digs. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm sure we can find room for you. That's very good of you, old man. Thank you. I presume that I've kept up my dues in the forces club. So, yes, uh, I mean you do notice the deference uh, with which um, uh, Rabbit's Foot is is paid. Now you you are in a society now which is still very much run on class lines, and um, uh, Rabbit's Foot is very much top of the class here. Mm-hmm. I mean he already did well in New York, but here is is worshipped almost as a as a, a dark pharaoh of. Stuff. You might Sorry, be pushing no, it a little bit. <laughs> yes, worships like a dark pharaoh. Um, uh, the current king is, uh, is it George. George the fifth. The, yes. bug, the bugger Bogner guy. 
um, is the current king. As, as you all think of him, uh, as you uh, consider what likely words he will have on his uh, of, Often known at this point as Sailor George, very enthusiastic for the Navy. Uh, yeah. he, he was a cadet as a child. He has indeed got a hard-on for the Navy. Um, and the Prime Minister is Baldwin. Stanley Baldwin. Okay. You, we've got ten minutes left. At least point me in the direction that you're going in London. You have, let me remind you, uh, your, uh, your clues to London comprise, um, uh, A2, which is a, um, uh, a business card for the Penny Foundation uh, on uh, 35 yes. Tottenham Court Road, London W1, Edward Gavigan, director. Um, and you've also learned that Jackson, who left uh, rather hastily towards the end of December 1924, met with Inspector Barrington and a Mr. Mickey Mahoney of the Scoop newspaper. Well, I don't think the first thing we want to face is a reporter. So what do you think? I mean, what's our line of of investigation here? What what are you, I I guess, uh, yeah, what are you looking for? Are you looking for another cult in the UK? Could there be... Well, I, I see a couple of possibilities. One is what did Jackson find, look into and possibly find when he was here? Another is, what did the Carlisle expedition do when they were here? Why did they pick up Penhew? Well, mm. that is a matter of record. Uh, Aubrey Penhew was the uh, the founder of the Penhew Foundation, um, a peer of the realm and uh, a, a noted expert in Egyptology. Um, so they he was interested in the Carlisle expedition. They clearly picked him up because he... Uh, was uh, very uh, knowledgeable in the, the areas that they were going to investigate. I mean, what you know, what you can learn about Aubrey Penhew relatively simply ourselves. Look him up in who's who. Exactly. If you, surely you've memorised who's who. Um, no, no, I don't, I don't really just, have a just use. Just a one page. <laughs> don't, don't, don't really have a use for the stud book. Uh, no. Okay, um, Aubrey Penhew, uh, or Sir Aubrey Penhew, Baronet of Pevensey. Um, he, uh, his public life is easily followed in Who's Who. Um, he graduated with honours in classics from Oxford and spent the next several years in Egypt surveying and performing exploratory excavations amid the then little known wonders upriver. Um, he's credited with founding several important branches of Egyptology and for several important archaeology discoveries, uh, particularly at Dashur. Um, the Penhu Foundation was set up by him some 25, 30 years ago, uh, and has underwritten many influential researchers at home and abroad, um, and responsible for the education. It basically sponsors people who show great promise, um, uh, but don't have the money to put themselves through uh, great universities like Hull, um, uh, and has educated many of them in the ways of uh, Egyptology. Uh, basically, that the, the so, pen so. who's I mean, so we know how to get in and talk to them if you want to. We talk about making a donation. Those people are always uh, wanting <laughs> donations. Yes, 
Correct. Funny, funny. Many people I meet want donations. Funny that. Mm. Yeah, I think <laughs> maybe you need to try and disguise. He was, when he joined the Carlisle Expedition, he was a bachelor without family or heirs. Um, he's regarded I bet he had some heirs about him. No, I, I trust he still me. is, but. Uh... Um, he has got several famous stately homes, uh, mansions in London, the Cotswolds. Monaco, uh, Alexandria. Oh, Monaco! Uh, how, how, how last decade? <laughs> he's incontestably wealthy, except uh, that he's incontestably wealthy. Though. Well, that's because they hadn't figured on someone having ninety-nine credit rating, presumably during the proceedings. Um, he is contestably wealthy, um, and he probably. Rumor has it um, that he made his fortunes in America. Um, holding companies, uh, munitions companies during the Great War. Um, but the Penhews have been hmm. nobles War from the time of William I of England. Um, uh, and uh, they have been peers of the realm well ever mm. since. Frenchies, eh? <laughs> yes, well, I mean, I'm not from that good a family. I'm from a Reasonable family, but not that good. Not that good. There's not many people no. here from that good a family. And, uh, you know, I, the family prefers it if I don't mention I'm from the many. Right, so... The trouble is we've got a, potentially a very, very wide area we could disappear off into in all sorts of directions to follow up leads or get more information. If we're not careful... It's going to get even more muddled than it is now. What what mm. threads have we got that we can follow that are fairly clear? Well, as I see it, we've we've got these three names. The, the one, I guess, the one thing. Well, that what I'm thinking is what, what it connects together. to. Uh, the Penhew Foundation connects Carlisle Expedition and Jackson Elias's murder. So that has two connections, I suppose, that you're following. Whereas Mickey Mahoney. You just know that Jackson Elias met him, and mm. similarly, you don't know why, but Inspector Barrington was met by Jackson Elias. So they're the loose threads that you're aware of. I mean, you haven't really got a lot else to go on. No, that's the thing. It's kind of potluck, isn't it? Well, going to have to mull it over because I'm yes, we're have a think about it. My, my thought, just just as a starting point, is perhaps if if, if we. Um... Talk, talk to the inspector first, because if there was something dodgy going on, it was probably going on in the context of the foundation. True. Ooh, suspicious minds. All right. Well, 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 well we simply because it, 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 it was connected to the expedition, and we we know that uh, Jackson got into some sort of trouble over here. You're also suspicious that the supposedly ill-fated expedition isn't so ill-fated as it was supposed to be, as a. Uh, None of the white people seem to have died during it, uh, which is uh, obviously much well, less of a tragedy. That, that's obviously the, the usual way of the world. Uh, yes. All right, well, have a think about it. But basically, you've got those three clues, the two names and the Penhew Foundation card. So it's not as, as broad as it might seem, um, but they're your possibilities, unless you wish to uh, come up with something off-piste. So to speak. Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah, I think we can come up with something completely yeah. bizarre. Oh, good, I'll look forward to that next Send us off to Spitsbergen or somewhere. A- astonishingly, you made much more progress than I was expecting. <laughs> well, that's because the boat didn't run into anything. 
Yeah, I should have done a boat iceberg interaction. All right, well, there we are. Welcome to land then, you fuckers. All right. Jolly good, jolly good. Oh, good. Oh, Excellent, oh, splendid. Yeah. And, and, how, um, and how long have you been an urchin? <laughs> <laughs> jolly good. <laughs> right, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yes, I'm, we will get, we'll get back. Week as markets right. too, I think. Um, okay. I'm in Centre Parks at Longleat. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> <clears throat> no, that's great. Caravan. You'll really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in caravan somewhere um, up around Beast Barbara, somewhere up around there. Oh, watch out for vampires. Well, that's that's part of the reason why we're going. Okay, Beware well, we're, of Greeks bearing gifts. With with two down, I'm guessing, no game. Mm, sounding a little bit. Yeah. Since one of them is the GM, it does put a bit of a. Uh... Well, no, I mean, I mean, I mean if if, uh, if it were just Mark, we've got that cyberpunk to go back to. But uh... Uh, yes, yeah. yes, true. Right. Okay. Ah well. Okay, well, um, we shall reconvene presumably in a fortnight. Thank you very much. See you around. Thank you very much. And hopefully we'll be, uh, get back into the swing of having to actually think and follow. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Another um, bit of an info dump, but less than that. Uh, yeah. So, what does it matter that I've lost 15 San over. Uh... No, it doesn't matter. You, you won't use it anyway. It matters greatly to me, Mark. Sadly, it was not all at once. But I've given you a phobia, so I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> if only it had happened in combat. <laughs> uh, all right. Good night, we'll everyone. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.